0: (laughs) hello kiddies it's your old pal john kassir the voice of the Crypt keeper
1: and you're listening to the bottom shelf
2: (laughs) so dallas
1: yeah
2: uh, i need you to uh, we need to connect uh shiro base uh yeah. with uh the the tbs station
1: yeah i mean it's uh, orbiting pretty closely that in well, fact I, it's about the dock now here in a little oh, bit oh good refuel. It,
2: it, good because uh there's some taco machines on there that need my attention some and things
1: never change uh, i mean as i mean as long as they, they still function
2: well and then there's also um i've heard I've, I've heard, uh, some rumors about, uh, uh, poofy it's Poofay. say his (sighs) name, right? Poofay. Thank you. Uh, has been leaving Tootsie Rolls in various places
0: for everybody. He has a condition. Come on. He's sensitive about
1: it. Oh, it's sensitive. All right. Oh, okay. Whatever. Hey, uh, guys, where's Kevin? I haven't seen him anywhere. Oh, Kevin, yeah. So Kevin has uh he's gone off on a kind of a new adventure. Uh some new great massive cinematic mission that he's going on right now. And uh so unfortunately it's just taking a lot of his time. He won't be able to be part of what we're doing here. But uh we sent him off. Best wish him all the best and uh sent him off with his own little pod. Uh and it included a lifetime supply of stale popcorn and um bad movies. Lucky charms. So, but we, well, Froes like unfortunately he just won't be able to be with us for a while, but we love him and uh hope for the best for him. Cool. Well, best of luck to you, Kevo. We love hey, you, buddy. Hey Hey Branson?
2: Yeah. I just I just got I'm sorry for going through your stuff. I went th- I was going through your pod on Shiro base. Yeah. Uh because there was a strong odor of armpit and um and uh Okay, you, vinegar? Look, you keep
0: talking. I'm going to put you on the rotation to bathe, if You keep talking.
2: No, no, it, it's coming from this purple spandex No, 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 no. Put that, put that away, put that
0: away. Stop, stop, stop,
2: Prepare yourself to discover a world of terrible movies. High above the planet Geekery, a group of intrepid explorers hover over the dangerous planet in their fabulous super orbital spacecraft. Their mission? To conduct a complete analysis of movies known throughout the universe as Terrible. So grab your space popcorn, grab your freeze-dried ice cream, and join us for today's mission of discovery and wonder. Are these movies better than the galaxy thinks? Or do they really belong? On the bottom shelf...
1: Welcome to The Bottom Shelf, the podcast extension of Geek Devotions. This show from devoted geeks who are devoted to know that you're loved. In this podcast, we are here to let you guys know that every movie has a place. And uh, ladies and gentlemen, um, it's a new day. It's a new podcast. We're excited. John, my good friend, what are we doing today?
2: Uh, we're watching terrible movies and talking about them.
1: Oh, okay. Good. Good deal. Good deal. So, um, what's the what's the boxy thing in Brenton Spandex there? I,
2: I, it's a condition he doesn't want anybody to talk about
1: it. Not you know, the ones he's this
2: wearing. Is
0: why we shouldn't go through people's stuff, man? Now you know uh, my secret identity.
2: If you're asking what movie we're watching this uh, this episode, now that everything just got five flavors of awkward, uh, we're watching 1996's The Phantom. Uh, rated PG Ooh. and is one hour and 40 minutes. And it is directed by Simon Winsor, written by Lee Falk and Jeffrey Bohm. And it stars Billy Zane, Christy Swanson, who is everybody's favorite vampire slayer, <laughs> and everybody's favorite treat, Williams.
1: All right. All right. Star studded the cast right there. If you yes, say sir. so.
0: Actually, the first time I ever saw Billy Zane. Yeah, that's my earliest memory of seeing him on screen. Cool. Let's see here the back of the box. Let me pull it out of my spandex. (sighs) Yeah, it was kind of hard
2: to it was kind of hard to read the information off of that box while it was in there, but I did my best. (laughs)
0: Well, it's really thin spandex. I'm not really sure. What do you? You know, I, I'm I'm trying to work out. Okay, I can't. <laughs> <laughs> not all of us can have the body of a Greek god. You know, I'm I'm I'm, I'm getting there. Well, You've I got the body that. of a Norse
2: god, my dude. I got the well, body you know, of a Buddha.
0: <laughs> <laughs> all right, for the Phantom, Let me get my movie announcer guy voice going. <clears throat> Billy Zane stars as the Phantom, in this thrill-a-minute actioner based on one of the most successful comic series of all time. The story begins as an expedition lands on the island of Bengala, seeking the legendary skulls of Tuganda, believed to harness an energy force of incalculable power, for the skulls could spell disaster for mankind. And that's exactly what ruthless tycoon Xander Drax, played by Treat Williams, has in mind, unless one man can save it. Now evil has met its match, and great movie adventure has a new name,
1: The Phantom. All right. Sierra, let me see. There's some taglines here for us. Um, uh, Gun-toting Tarzan in purple tights fights over top villain. (laughs) What? (laughs) Not a bad movie, it says. Uh, The Phantom, more like fandom. Um uh, wow. Well, that's that what was... we're all about at Geek Devotions, the fandom. Yeah, I, that's that... no uh reading, Branson, reading. D U M B. Sorry, uh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> Spelling <laughs> isn't my uh... <laughs> strong suit <laughs> So the Spanics were in your way, that's understandable. Um <laughs> still a better movie than the shadow. Wow, we have to talk about that later. Uh mm-hmm. unintentional campiness that makes it more endearing. And annoying. Okay. The original legacy superhero. This is true. Uh, mm-hmm. The costume works better in 2D than in 3D. <laughs> you know, okay. I
0: find that's true of a
1: lot of superhero costumes. Yeah, i give you that. Uh, the ghost who walks meets Buffy the Vampire Slayer in the middle shelf adventure, Indiana Jones in spandex. <laughs> <laughs> That one's
2: amazing. Like, if we were going to give awards to any of these, that would be the one that would get for I me. Concur.
1: I'm going to have to look to see who did that one. We'll, we'll, we'll give them a shout-out here later. Uh, enjoyed the movie overall, but thought that um, Tripp Williams, as the vision, started out bad, and it got worse as the film progressed. And warning, powering may cause uh, preference to purple pajamas. Hmm. So, kind of a hodgepodge of thoughts here. Is is that what got you, Branson?
0: A, a power ring?
1: Oh, <laughs> Lord. All right, so, I, I'm going to say this. I um, was looking at our notes, seeing who wrote these taglines. I accidentally combined two different taglines. Wow. Our award goes to a combination of uh, Wardell White, a uh, big Dale. fan of the show. And the Monster Island Film Vault, so ah. so the, the two come together um, like Voltron, and made it happen. So you heard it here, Nathan. The big gift is
2: you have to have Dale guest on your show now. So
1: <laughs> have fun. Because the
0: two the two of you working together had have this awesome comment.
1: You powers combined.
0: All right, <laughs> Wunderton powers activate.
2: <laughs> Form of. <laughs> A comical tagline on a (laughs) podcast nobody knows about.
1: You know, that sounds like a cartoon that would get picked up by somebody. Probably Fox. (laughs) 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 Oh, gosh. John, do you have
2: trivia about this? I do. I'm not going to read a lot of it because, well, you'll see. Uh, So I guess Billy Zane pumped up, like pumped iron for over a year to fill out the phantom's costume nice Uh, they made a batman-like costume with fake muscles uh for this but by the time filming had started zane was so beefed up that he didn't actually need it so all the the muscles you see on that suit are 100 percent american beef. (laughs) um So when filming, Billy Zane had a habit of running out to buy sushi while wearing his Phantom (laughs) costume. That's...
0: (laughs) I have an idea. Guys, y'all sit tight. I'm going to run down to Planet Geekery real quick.
1: Geek Con, ladies and gentlemen.
0: Forget forget taco machines. I will go purchase tacos in my Phantom suit.
2: (laughs) uh one of the phantom's trademarks in the comic strip are his striped underpants right Uh, this was actually tried on the movie costume but reportedly looked this was what looked too silly to be used in this film this is what looked too silly i guess i Uh,
0: i can see that though like
2: (laughs) this movie was originally going to be the first of a trilogy however uh after it bombed so terribly in the box office the two sequels were canceled that makes me sad. <clears throat> and then uh, Palmer's... The Palmer's butler is named Falkmore in this movie, I guess. And the name was derived from Lee Falk, who was the creator of the Phantom, and Ray oh. Moore, who was the first artist of the Phantom. Oh, I respect cool. that move. That's awesome. And then for my last little bit of information that I that I personally... Want to slip into an alternate dimension where this the either of these happened, but there was two people who were originally who were also considered for the role of the Phantom, mm-hmm. and both of them are fantastic. Okay, oh, really? so the first one was Bruce Campbell. Okay, think about it.
1: Okay,
0: or uh-huh. Kevin Smith. <laughs> That's a no. bit
1: ridiculous. This would has been ridiculous. The first
0: one, I don't know. The second <laughs> one, heck no. You know, just, you just, don't, you know. Campbell, you
1: don't know he did all the VO stuff for uh, the Spider-Man um, movies.
0: You're talking about like Kevin
1: Smith? No, no Campbell. Bruce Campbell.
0: Yeah, no, that's the one I'm talking about. It's like, I, I don't, he might be okay. I don't okay. know, but Kevin Smith, uh-uh. <laughs> oh,
2: I said when you said I don't know Bruce Campbell, I thought yeah. you were saying you don't no, no, know. I mean, was. I mean, I don't
0: know about him playing. Uh, the I know who he is. Come on, Toby Maguire, Sam Raimi, Spider Man fan here. How could I not know
2: I who mean, Bruce Campbell is? Yes, because because
0: that's how I know Bruce Campbell. That's how I know Bruce Campbell. That's 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 why he's relevant to me. I know um, he's got this whole Evil Dead look. I have a chainsaw for a hand, whatever. I mean, you like okay, I don't Sam Raimi. Care. Okay, but but again, the reason I know that <laughs> is because of Spider-Man. I got
1: gotcha, you. I got gotcha. you. So, <laughs> all right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, uh, this is a portion of the show where we give our expectations. <laughs> so, Lower expectations. I'll let you make that. Uh, <laughs> John, what are your expectations going into watching this film today?
2: All right. All right. So I have a feeling that I am the only person here who hasn't actually seen this
1: movie before. I mean, maybe that's probably true.
0: Yeah.
2: Um, but so I don't know a lot about this movie. I know it came out about the same time that the shadow live action with Alec Baldwin came out Uh, about a good six years later. I don't know about that. Uh, But without spending too much time discussing why Dallas is incorrect, uh, I would say that I didn't know much about it going into this Mm -hmm. Um, because I wasn't a fan of the comic and anything like that. All I knew was that it didn't do well critically or commercially. And so for that reason alone, I never really stepped in to watch it because I'm superheroed out. And a superhero movie is going to have to do a lot to make me give a crap at this point because the market's so oversaturated for me. So, I give you that. Just
0: stepping in, The Shadow is released in '94. Phantom was released in '96.
1: Yep. yep, two I years. That. So two brother, years. I own that. I messed that up. Uh, so I'm not
2: expecting a lot. Yeah. Going into this. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough.
1: All right, uh, Branson, you're you're predicting bottom shelf for this, right? <laughs> Dumpster Fire. Dumpster Fire? Is that what you
0: were saying? No, no. Uh, full disclosure, I've not only seen this movie before, I have seen this movie multiple times. I saw it in theaters. Wow. I read the novelization when it came out. Uh, when it became syndicated to on TV. I watched it all the time, rented it multiple times as a kid. Uh When I first signed up for a Hulu subscription and saw that it was on Hulu, I spent an evening watching it. Um, I don't actually own a copy, which is silly. I I should go ahead and own a copy because I've watched it so much. I love this movie and I don't think it's just nostalgia because the last time I sat down and watched it before this was probably three years ago. Mm -hmm. So... I, I fully expect to, all of the things that I love about this movie, I fully expect to just love it again. <laughs> uh, I, I will try, as 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 has been suggested before, to put a, a filter on to, to or no to remove the filter to, r- remove all of my preconceived ideas and to see it objectively. Mm-hmm. But the thing about this movie is, it is campy. It is, it is what it is. I mean, people who say this movie is so campy and the writing is so terrible and all that is like, yeah, okay, it is. (laughs) But for one thing, as a kid, as, as much as John is experiencing superhero burnout, as a kid, superheroes were my thing. Mm. Like if you have a guy in tights with a mask on automatically, I'm there. I want to watch it. Uh, you know,
1: just just um, clarification: Did, Were you are you a fan of like luchador? No, no, no. That's wrestling. Am
2: I? <laughs> am I? I mean, be... crime
1: fighting specifically.
2: I was about to say: Am I the only person who just heard Branson say he was there for a guy with tights on?
0: <laughs> no, no, no. What what he that, represents as, as
2: as a kid? You were You were excited to see men with tights on. Okay, you know
0: what. <laughs> They're that's, men in tights. Tight that, tights. That's what you said, brother. That's <laughs> all I'm okay. saying. They may look the like pansies. The point
2: is, <laughs> this is derail, uh, this the This is what Branson is, does. That's no, what the <laughs> point is.
1: <laughs> Derailed podcast is is one I was on a couple weeks ago. That's not this podcast. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> all right,
0: but uh, no, I I love this movie. Uh, it's based on an adventure comic strip from. What the forties or something like that?
1: Oh man, I'll look uh, that up. Thirties, forties. I, I, I want to say it's it's pulp. It's a pulp comic. Yeah, yeah.
0: I mean, it's uh, you know, it's interesting that they mentioned the shadow earlier because it was a contemporary of the shadow. I think. Mm-hmm. Um. So, I, I I enjoy it. I enjoy it for what it is. It's campy. It's a great popcorn flick. Nineteen thirty
1: six.
0: Um, Nineteen thirty six. Yeah. So depression era, pre World War two type type stuff. Mm-hmm. Um. So I mean, I I enjoyed it. <laughs> And I expect that I'll enjoy it again, and I'll go into why I think I'll enjoy it after we've watched it. So, sounds good. Where are you at with this one, Dallas? Uh,
1: I am, uh, like Branson. I've seen this many times over the years. Um, you gonna give you what, full disclosure on this one, Dallas? Say what? Oh, I mean, I'm not gonna lie about it, man. I've I've walked into this, uh, and um, yeah, I have fond memories watching this as a kid uh living in missouri uh renting it from the the little bitty video store a town away in willard missouri many times um i remember in college um getting a group of my friends to sit down and i go this will be a bad movie and we're going to laugh at it and we did <laughs> like we sat down in the foyer of our dorm and we watched this movie together and we laughed it was a good time um it is one of those things. It is camp, which um, mm-hmm. I feel like you have to go into it knowing. With that mindset, I go. It's not the greatest movie in the world. Um, it's not one of those ones that you're like, "Oh, this is the movie of the year. This is gonna just keep you enthralled the entire time." There are gonna be moments you're like, "Why am I watching this?" And you won't have answers for it. You'll just keep <laughs> watching it. At least for me. Uh, so I'm gonna. I'm looking forward to watching it and enjoying it. Um, I'm also. Um, it. I'm a. I'm a comic book fan. I'm a superhero fan. Um, I'm a fan of Batman, and there are elements of the Shadow and the Phantom that have led bled into uh, everything we know. Like these are the forerunners of our of our of the modern day heroes of Batman and Superman, as modern day as characters from the 40s can be. Uh, <laughs> I think that Brent, you may know better than me. I want to say this came out. The, the original comic came out like two years beforehand of 1936. That's a couple years before Superman was ever published.
0: Superman was 37. I okay.
1: Think. So it's yeah, like two or three yeah. years beforehand. Um, So we in the just kind of weird uh, in the pre-show we talking about it. Fun fact. Um, they were working or workshopping names for the Phantom in the comics originally. And he wanted to call it something interesting because there were several ar- there are already several characters that they're called the Phantom. One of the original proposed names, in Branson, you may catch this, was The Gray Ghost. Really? The Grey oh, Ghost. Cool. Which for, for Batman the Animated Series fans, you know that that uh-huh. was the the shadow figure that uh-huh. they used to um be the inspiration for Bruce Wayne becoming Batman in Batman the Voiced Animated Series. By
0: none other than Adam West.
1: Yes. So lots yeah. of cool roads for me watching this, and and again that's I cool. like the pulpy stuff. Um, yeah. It, yeah. So yeah, we'll get into that later. But uh, yeah, those that's where I'm at, ladies and gentlemen. Cool.
2: All right. Well, let's go ahead and have Glicks fire up the projector, and
0: no spandex in the viewing area, sir. Well, that that actually works because honestly, guys, I'm getting a real bad wedgie. I gotta go change. So give me a minute. I'll be right there. <laughs>
1: Dear listeners, this is your opportunity to escape. Our crew has just entered into the media projection chamber. What horrors and madness that they consume are unknown. Their mental state upon their return is unknown. You have been warned.
2: So we literally just watched Batman Deanna Jones and the Temple of
1: the Crystal Skull. Jade. (laughs) It's Jade. Jade Skull. Jade Skull. That's. Ranson, why, why are why, why are your hands on your waist like that? Calm down. Oh, sorry. <coughs>
0: <laughs> my bad. My bad. I can't. I can't help it. it. You know, it's the hero pose.
1: Yeah, I see that. All right. Um, yeah, you're not wrong about that. It <laughs> when we're watching it. It was like, oh, it's Indiana Jones all of a sudden. Uh, <laughs> All of a sudden, the whole movie, they like, yeah, like the, the intro of this movie
2: was like literally the last. And I should know this because I just watched this on, on a plane ride back from Indiana. It, but the, the, the entire first part of this movie was the last 15 minutes of Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom.
0: Yeah, literally was. Well, but think about it. it. It's it's a similar idea, though. The Phantom is is supposed to be this jungle hero guy. And, and so the, the setting matches. You've got tribal people. You've got ancient ruins. You've got... I mean, it, it, it makes sense. Yeah. Like, I could see Indiana Jones going to some sort of sacred land that's protected by the phantom like like this is a crossover that
2: should have happened like honestly in this movie i would not have been surprised if harrison ford was walking one direction the phantom was the other and they'd be oh excuse me sorry excuse me
1: that (laughs) That would have been been awesome. (laughs) that would have added into it so great (laughs) so some just putting this out there one of the uh trivias i found about this was the original script was far more self-aware oh uh, and so yeah. um, that would have so, been perfect within so it would have this... been the
2: tick <laughs>
1: it would have been the tick <laughs> but one of the things about the script from my understanding is this is actually the combination of three different actual comic stories of the Phantom from the original sto- run of it and you know it
0: felt like that it, Yeah. Uh, it, it, it felt like every every different scene felt like it was a piece of a, of a daily comics trip Mm -hmm. like like it was one connected story but it was a bunch of like little bitty adventures within the overarching story and then it culminated in the big story
1: yeah exactly and so with that combination I wonder what added to some of the like it felt like it was because Indiana Jones is kind of like that where it just feels like it's everywhere at at times and so that kind of adds to it now the opening scenes obviously going through the jungle I did half expect them to see them running from a giant boulder I'm not going to (laughs) lie right
2: (laughs) right um also in watching this i realized that i have seen this movie before really yeah except i liked it better when they had first made it in the 80s and it was called uh crocodile dundee <laughs> <laughs> oh, i think that's stretching a bit I think
0: that's stretching yeah a bit. <laughs> bro when was
2: the last time you seen crocodile dundee
1: uh about six years ago.
2: Tell you what, you go watch that again and get back okay. to me on that because the storyline between the two movies is almost the exact same thing.
1: We'll look into that. We'll look into that. Oh my gosh. Um, I want to say this. I appreciate the front end uh, uh, on, recount recap.
2: Watch watch Branson because he's starting to put two and two together on my statement there, and I'm watching his mind slowly blow.
0: No, no, no. I'm just I'm just trying to think. There wasn't a moment where Kit Walker yelled across a subway to Diana Palmer using people intermittently to declare his love bro. So (laughs) I'd say it was a shot
2: for shot. Come on. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for killing my joke. You jerk. That was a romantic moment too. Uh,
1: No, I want to say, I appreciate the the recap of the beginning that explains the, the, the lore of who the Phantom is and why Uh. he is what he is um yeah. i feel like that that would have been a lot for them to go through and to be perfectly honest that fit even within the motif of of early pulp comics of, of most comics really where you you're just you're jumped in you have the character but you don't have their history until like later like right. i don't feel like it, i think it was like two or three issues into the stories of batman before you got his his background his history right and i feel like that that right. you know the recap boom here it is and now we're into the yeah. action i appreciate that i wish that yeah. I kind of wish more movies just did that. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we kind of, so you don't I'm, have
0: to waste time on the origin. You just jump right into it. Uh, actually, That's actually something that uh, a lot of Spider-Man comics, especially from the nineties did. They have like a little blurb on the mm-hmm. splash page that says, you know, bitten by a radioactive spider, Peter Parker learned the ultimate lesson with great power comes great responsibility, gaining the proportional strength of a spider, yada, yada. He became the amazing Spider-Man. So if anyone was new to the property, they had that little blurb that gave you the important parts, yeah. of what you need to know about the character, and you could just dive straight in. It remember when so
2: comic book? Remember when comic book companies actually cared about the people who were reading their comics? This
0: Do not true. get me started. <laughs> I am one. This is not I, the podcast I, for you. I, 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 wrong podcast. <laughs> Hold me back. Hold me back.
2: I've smelt the purple mm. spandex. I ain't touching you, bro.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm starting to wonder if that's poofy or if it's uh, Branson. Um, <laughs> Blame it
2: on the dog. <laughs> Always. Always.
1: So, but I appreciated that. Like, it, it gave you a quick intro into it and allowed you to understand the story as they revealed more of the lore throughout the rest of the movie itself and I feel right. like that anybody can come in and walk away from this movie going, I know what the shadow, or not the shadow what the fandom's about.
0: Yeah. Yeah, abs- absolutely. I, I Like I said it, it felt like I was seeing a weekly comic strip or a daily comic strip come to life. Mm-hmm. You know, And that little blurb was like the First little box that just tells you who the phantom is, mm-hmm. and then you jump straight into the story. Um, I, I, I just loved it. I, I mean I, <laughs> I i can't I can't help but just I'll I don't want to go too much into too many of the reasons why because they're kind of spoilery, but just the overall feel. It was a fun movie. Yeah, the good guys were good guys. The bad guys were bad guys. No one was trying to teach me anything. No one was trying to beat me over the head with any kind of message or point or sermon it was just there's a dude in a mask who fights crime there's a bad guy who does the crime they meet they fight good guy wins end of story it was refreshing honestly with with especially you know john you talked about superhero fatigue i think one of the reasons there is superhero fatigue is because they're all rinse wash repeat it's all the same character it's Oh, I have a tragic past. Oh, I am morally ambiguous. Oh, I have to make these hard decisions. Oh, uh, you know, it's, it's just over and over and over again. It's like, we've forgotten that superheroes are supposed to just be fun stories. And this movie, as bad as it may have been, and maybe it's because it was made in the mid nineties. So it was before superhero movies were a big thing, but it was just fun. And superhero movies nowadays aren't just fun they're part of connected cinematic universes or uh, just crazy stuff. It was just, it was, re- it was, it was like a refreshing drink of water.
1: If I could ask, do you think some of the refreshing aspect of it is cause you kind of hit it cause it, this had like the tragic past it had, he had to make hard decisions, on certain things, but the difference between him and then some of the mainline superheroes that we see today, um, uh, is the he's not morally ambiguous? Like he he punches kicks in a door and it's a room full of ladies, in their uh, in various dresses of dress. He's like, oh, I apologize, and he, like he's putting his guns away, and then yeah. like he does like he almost doesn't even want to. Sh- he doesn't he doesn't even want to do hey, anything Dallas, to Katherine Jones. Dallas, yeah, both of you, yeah, stop it, ladies and gentlemen, the spoiler section.
2: Thank you, John. Thank you. I, I appreciate that. Yeah, we're there.
1: <laughs> so he didn't, even we're want to, there. he didn't want to do anything Catherine Zay Jones. He told Diana, tie her up. Like, yes. there was this moral high ground that he carried. Thank you, John, for, right. for keeping us on track. Like, even <laughs> like Captain America in the modern comics has, as uh, compared to other characters, he's still like, you know, the goody two-shoe boy scout. But even towards the end of the MCU of his run, he was cursing and he was allowing himself oh. to partake in things that were Morally ambiguous. So, is that right. what it is? Is the it he is morally moral? I,
0: you know, I, I think I think you're I think you hit the nail on the head. I think that's it. His moral compass always points north. Mm-hmm. You know that if he makes a decision, he's he's doing it with the best of intentions, with everyone's best interest at heart. Uh, the same is true for the villains. The villains are not sympathetic. Xander Drax wants to rule the world. Mm. That's it. He's not he doesn't have a tragic backstory. he He doesn't have a you know a rough life growing up. He doesn't have a secret idea of how the world would be better if they would just let me snap half the universe away or, or whatever. <laughs> he He's just a megalomaniac who wants to take over the world, put opposite a hero who all he wants to do is stop evil. And, and the lines are clearly del- delineated. You know where the good guy's in and the bad guys. Uh, start and, and i think maybe i think i think you described it perfectly it it was just to return back to the simplicity of storytelling mm. uh of, of superhero storytelling in a way that you just don't get because everyone wants their heroes to be anti-heroes and you know their villains to be sympathetic and everything has to be gray 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 and it's just tiresome
1: hmm
2: I feel like I just endured about five to six minutes of Branson
0: calling me out. No, <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm not saying there's no, not a place no, no, for that. No, no, no. I'm not saying there's not no. a place for that. I'm no, just no, saying for me personally, out,
2: you already put it out there. there there's, there's no, <laughs> there's no backpedaling
0: here. <laughs> Wasn't it? Okay. I'll say it like this. I didn't say your name at all. So if you feel convicted, maybe that's the Holy spirit. Stop stealing my lines and get your own material.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Oh goodness! Can I can I ask a question here? Why 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 is it in all modern-ish movies that are set in like the 30s that it's all the villains look like are the people who look like Cary Grant?
1: I think that that is a stylistic choice that is meant to mimic hollywood of the 1930s itself in the 1940s it is meant to go people who who were fans of the cinema because when this movie came out to be perfectly fair um people who grew up in that time frame could still go to the movie and so it was meant to grab the older audience but also (laughs) it at least for this world it mimics the comic books uh because Mm -hmm. that's how they drew the characters uh, because they wanted to be that what that, that they wanted that to look that way if you look at comic books today Um, women and men are drawn very differently and it's meant to attract the audience of today and that's what was portrayed in the comics back in the 30s and so in the movie in order to capture the feel of what uh, was projected throughout media that's what they had to do yeah Um, I do
0: think oh go ahead sorry
1: no go ahead because you're on the same thought and
2: I
0: was about to shift gears (laughs) I, I think that there's a there's an iconography that it's trying to you know it's it's American 1930s mm-hmm. people have a certain idea of how it's supposed to look, mm-hmm. um, you know it was if you think about it the 1930s uh, Al Capone was was running around during that time so the big mafia gangster bad guy was kind of the the accepted villain, um, you know I I think it was just indicative of the it was indicative of the time period they were trying to emulate, and it was also indicative of the time period the movie was made in. They were mm-hmm. leaning into some of these tropes, you know. You're the, the the mafia guys, you know, they have the they have the Italian accent, you know, that kind of thing. And uh uh the, <laughs> the femme fatale was very, very stereotypical mm-hmm. and, 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 and i do i do want to say this I, you're talking about katherine zeta jones yes yes mm-hmm. uh, going back and watching it with as an objective an eye as i could there were some things that i was like okay this is a little meh and her character was one of those
2: oh yeah she would she, just throw herself at any anything that was male and walking
0: around and, and i understand that, she, that that they're trying to do the the femme fatale stereotype but she <laughs> Sheila, le- she leaned into that way more than any other character le- leaned into their trope. And like, you know, the scene where she brings the skull to Xander Drax and she says that she scrubbed it down with toothpaste mm-hmm. and he looks at her and goes, toothpaste, really? And the look on his face is like, I can't believe that you're this dumb. <laughs> That's how I felt towards her character for most of the movie. It, mm-hmm. it was like, why are you here? other than to say you know you all right do y'all remember have y'all seen masters of the universe
1: yeah
0: it's been a very long time do you remember the little pig kid that was holding skeletor staff that that was a kid
1: that was a kid yeah (laughs) that was a kid (laughs) the only thing he was was, was
0: wearing a pig costume that's why i said yeah i know
1: his story's hysterical to me
0: yeah (laughs) he won a contest from was it mattel yeah, and, something and like that. The, the The contest was you got a part in the Masters of the Universe movie. Mm-hmm. Well, the the director and the crew were like, "We don't know what to do with this kid. What are we going to do?" So he said, "Put him in some random costume and let him hold Skeletor's staff, and he can give Skeletor his staff as he walks by." And that's how he got the part in the movie. Was he won some stupid contest, and so they stuck him in this random scene just to just to give him something? I feel like Catherine Zeta Jones' character. Was that it was like either she won a contest or she was friends with somebody and they're like, get her a part in the movie. Come on, find something for her to do because her character served no purpose. Like the one random pilot that, uh, what's the bad guy's name? Uh, Xander. Xander? No, 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 no. The, the first bad guy, the, the one who had killed the original. Oh, yeah. Phantom. I can't
1: remember uh, now
0: when he's walking down the hall and he grabs one of the pilots and is talking with her and he, and she says, there's a guy in a purple costume running around the ship. She looked like she had more command of what was going on than the leader of all these female pilots. Hmm. Like her character seemed like she's just there to fill a spot. None of her lines are that memorable. She's not that memorable. To be fair, I, this... I have
2: yet to see Catherine Zeta Jones in any role. That's terribly great.
0: So <laughs> Well, that's fair, but, but I mean, even her character, like if you were to remove her character from the story, it would not have any great impact on the story at all. She doesn't serve any great purpose. You know, it was like, we need to stick Catherine Zeta-Jones in somewhere. I know let's make her the captain of the female pilots and just run with that.
1: I feel like she was meant to be the contrast to Diana. That was supposed to be, you know, the evil... Uh, female versus the strong, good female, uh, and I feel like that's what they were kind of. Do. I vaguely remember this being a conversation about female pilots, and like that's being a thing in pulp comics. I- I'm trying to look it up right now. Well, um, even not saying that she was, was in this, but but females as a whole in pulp comics and pulp and in early comics, period. That's how they drew them. That's how they they portrayed. I mean, remember Lo- Lois Lane wasn't confident until the women's until like the, like the sixties. Like she was yeah. always this. Like there was a whole there was a whole comic Branson where Superman was frustrated with her, and so he made a a robot because uh, he understood his own strength to spank her for getting in his way. Okay. And Francis have a hard time over here but that was a thing that happened in in Superman comics back in the day there were several there were several movies that were made back in that time frame where a woman was would be to be disciplined would be grabbed put over the the, the lap of her of her husband and he or love interest and they would spank her, them and so this was a place a, a common trope back then where women were not intelligent they weren't what diana was in this movie they yeah. were kind of ditzy they were kind of like you know even that they were strong you know they had position they still had this weird weird ditz aspect that, that was written into the characters
0: yeah i mean the the point where i finally the point where i finally lost it was like okay she officially annoys me now it's when they're in zander drak's apartment and she says the Phantom is in love with her, and Sanders like, "Well, why do you say that?" And she says, "Because he could have had me, and he chose her."
1: I and get I'm, it, like, yeah. I'm not lying. Okay. That was dumb. <laughs>
0: it's like, okay, your character officially means nothing now. Right. <laughs> just, just, I'll say go. this. Just go away.
1: This was before she was a big thing. Before yeah. Catherine Zeta-Jones was a big deal. This is before. She really mask Zoro, which is where she popped where she really popped off as a as a actress, in my opinion, yeah,
0: and maybe that's maybe that's the difference is I've seen her in roles where her character entrapment has a more prominent part, like mas Zoro, uh, entrapment, um, you know, situations where her character actually serves a purpose, even if she's supposed to be the femme fatale, even if she's supposed to be the love interest her character serves a purpose. And if you remove her character, there are holes in the story mm-hmm. in this movie. If you remove her character, everything that happened still happens. Mm-hmm. I mean, you take Catherine Zeta Jones out, the female pilot still kidnap Diana Palmer. They still take her to the boat. The Phantom still rescues her. She still goes to New York. I mean, everything still happens. So,
2: Everything just got quiet and sad. time. it's it's like, (laughs) uh,
1: because it's one of those things, like, it's, you know, what can you do? Um, I do want to
0: say, though, uh, a positive about this movie. They understood that if we're going to see a superhero movie, we want to see the superhero, not the actor who plays the superhero.
1: Keep your mask on.
0: Yes. The Phantom had his mask on. The entire time he was supposed to be the Phantom, the only mm-hmm. time he took it off was at the end when he proposed to Diana Palmer. But we don't have this weird, oh, I've gotten battle torn, so my mask is is scarred and you can see half my face, or oh, I got in a fight and they ripped my mask off, so I had to take it off. It wasn't I got the impression that it wasn't Billy Zane whirling around in a phantom costume. It was mm-hmm. the Phantom. He was being the Phantom, and we saw the Phantom yeah well, you know, to counter your positive aspect,
1: <laughs> um,
0: I want to just
2: point out this that this mon- movie spent too much time in the daylight, and I think it would have been vastly better if it was shot in the dark of night.
1: I concur with that, especially yeah um, I felt like I was watching somebody larp
2: around a jungle or a city. <laughs> it is, it is what it felt like. I, there was so much daylight there.
0: I'm like, I can't take this seriously. Branson, have you read the comics? I've I've read a, a couple of them, not not I've, a deep dive. I was actually looking for a copy so I could read up on them before I watched the movie, and uh I, I couldn't find any that I was willing to spend money on yet.
1: Right. I, I I'm curious if that was a thing. I've only seen a couple of images of like the beginning story of it, and then like the cartoon from 2040 for uh, our cartoon called uh, the fan 24 and they all take place at night. The the movie stuff I'm with John, Um, mm-hmm. you know, the, the whole like, all right, wearing purple stands out quite a bit, unless you're going with the whole shinobi thing. Then this actually works out him wearing uh, dark purple that, that fits. Yeah. Um, Cause he kind of has that whole shinobi thing where, you know, he's master of the area animals wearing dark colors, move swiftly, um even the way he kind of runs and walks it's kind of like that whole deceptive you know not deceptive but you know minimizing footsteps it works Uh but so much sunlight it's like (laughs) hey it's grimace running wow grimace is ripped oh he's got he's packing ladies and gentlemen grimace is packing heat and you know it's just But that that
0: plays into a theory that i've had about movies based on Imagine the bad guy running around this movie going "Rabble, rabble, rabble, rabble." <laughs> <laughs> McDonald's gives a call.
1: <laughs>
0: that was the plot for the sequel. <laughs> the guy was stealing meat from butcher prob- shops.
2: <laughs> I probably would have enjoyed that movie better, if I'm being honest. <laughs>
0: But the, the point you're making goes into a theory I've had about comic books for a long time. Rabble. It's that <laughs> is that stuff that looks good on panels on a page mm-hmm. in your four color screens doesn't necessarily automatically translate to a movie screen. Mm-hmm. You know, if you think about it like the original Batman costume from Bob Kane and Bill Finger. 1938, I think. Mm -hmm. On the page, it looks menacing. It looks scary. Dude looks legit crazy. If you see people try to cosplay that, it looks goofy. Mm. The ears are too big. He's got purple gloves. His utility belt makes no sense. (laughs) You know? Have you ever
1: seen the serial? The 1940s uh, the serial, of the Batman?
0: Yes. I, I it, have that on DVD, and that illustrates my point perfectly.
1: I was about to say, that illustrates what you're saying. It
0: looks terrible. It looks like a homemade costume, but they're trying to copy what was on the page. Yeah. Uh, Fantastic Four 2, Rise of the Silver Surfer. Galactus was technically in the movie. He was a giant galactic storm, and people complained, we want to see Galactus. But I think that was actually a smart move on the part of the director. One of the few things that was good about that movie was that they thought, if we have some giant dude walking around in purple uniform with a big cup on his head, it's going to look goofy. (laughs) It's going to look campy. There's no way it's going to invoke the fear that a coming devourer of worlds is supposed to invoke. So they left him as a galactic storm. That's right. Because they understood that you can make Galactus look menacing on a comic book page. You can't make him look gla- look menacing on a movie screen. And so I, I agree that putting him at night would have helped that because the dark purple, it would have he would have blended the shadows more. He would have looked more menacing. But him running around in the daylight and looking kind of goofy doing it illustrates the point that because in the comics, if he were running around during the day in that outfit, it wouldn't look goofy. Because reading a comic book, you expect that. Translate that to screen, it doesn't exactly work well. So I I think that you know, John, you mentioned that they were going to give it the Batman treatment by giving him padded rubber. If they did give it like a more armored look like instead of just straight spandex like it's, you know, something to kind of protect him. Even play it with well, you know, my dad got stabbed in the back so let me update the suit a little bit. That might have helped that.
2: Are you just gonna counter everything I say tonight? No, no. <laughs> <laughs> I was I, agreeing with you. Oh, yeah. okay. It sounds so, I was uh, agreeing okay.
0: with you. I, I was I was saying that's why I think that it, it didn't work in the daylight is because it looks great on a comic book page, but if you try to translate that to screen, it does look a little hokey.
1: Yeah. So I'm I'm looking at the at a digital scan of uh the Phantom from uh 1988 uh the fifth number one from dc comics uh because they had the rights for for a hot minute and just going through the panels uh to john's point um a lot of the scenes where he looks epic he's in it is at nighttime, but whenever because there's a lot there are actually a lot of scenes where it's in the daylight however um he's always against darker backgrounds to make him pop or they have shifted over where it's a pure yellow background with him in front of it and it's more of a splash page type of thing but that's simply meant to to contrast his purple costume mm, Yeah, and so that seems to be what they're doing but i'm i'm with you john i mean yeah he needed to be running around dark time i think but also would that in itself doing that would that lend itself to the dark and grimacing um <laughs> Thing that we're that brentson you're kind of you're you're tired of uh, with that, thing, putting him that element
2: you, you literally have a character that's called the phantom right dark and mm-hmm. menacing should be his at should be the at the attributes they're trying to highlight in this movie his i mean his symbol on his ring is literally a skull
0: well you can have an idealistic hero who makes use of the shadows i mean mm-hmm. think of uh don't say think
1: the shadow. Of, do I? No, I wasn't going to say the shadow.
0: I'm trying to think of like a uh, Silver Age Batman. Mm-hmm. Okay. He's a guy who uses the shadows. He uses the dark to hide in. But he's not as dark and grim as the more modern Batman. This is know? true. Uh, so I, I think I think if, if the only change they made was they just put him in the night. You know, like make it a practical thing. I'm supposed to be this, you know, the ghost who walks. I'm supposed to be this apparition. I Probably don't need to run around here in the daytime where people can clearly see I'm just a regular guy. Well, here's mm-hmm. the thing. Here's
2: the thing. And this is the reason why the daytime bugged me the most. And it may not be something that you guys saw when you were watching it because you were watching it with a bit more nostalgia than I was. Um, but I lamented the daylight, not only because it made the action scenes look weird, but I saw too much. You saw the weird art
1: on his costume?
2: No, I saw like that bothered me. (laughs) Like I saw like there was the there was the part where they were on the uh, boat with the airplanes and whatnot, right? Mm -hmm. Uh And he and the and someone knocks down the girl or the guy or whatever. And he pulls out one of his, the guns to aim back at them. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I knew the gun was made out of rubber. Cause I watched the barrel of the gun <laughs> waggle back and forth.
0: <laughs> That's fair. I That's saw fair. too
2: much. There's another part. There's another part where they go to chase after the phantom, after he gets away on that red airplane. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And they got, two people inside that old timey truck. And then you got two people on each side who were hanging on the outside of the truck. And then right before the truck comes to a, a stop and they let the other two guys off to get on horses. Right. You know, it's part mm-hmm. I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. 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 I could see the rope on the front end of that old tiny truck I, pulling that dude, truck. I forward. saw
1: that too. I called that out. I was like, <laughs> there's a rope there.
2: <laughs> if it was a nighttime shot, I wouldn't have seen it.
1: This is true. Yeah. This is true. Yeah. There were certain things that worked. Um, the scene with the um, the magnifying glass, not magnifying glass. The um, we call it? this microscope. microscope.
0: Microscope. Yes.
1: That scarred me for life to the point that in elementary school, when lab day we were looking at the microscope, I was like, I would flip it just to make sure things weren't <laughs> going to jettison into my eyeballs.
0: See, that was the moment where. Xander Drax became like, I, I, I understood that Xander Drax was a megalomaniac and psychotic, not just a, Hey, I like power. I want all the power I can get, you know, that that's the moment where it's like, okay, no, he's, he's sadistic. Mm-hmm. So that, that scene made me appreciate Xander Drax more as a villain. Uh, up, up before that point. Mm-hmm. I will say that Xander Drax
2: or rather uh, treat William's. Mm -hmm. was my favorite part of this movie yeah 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 like yeah somebody some one somebody in the uh in the taglines had made a comment about the the villain getting worse as the movie goes on i disagree i love how he was played in this Mm -hmm. like he he was a villain but he was a dumb villain which made yeah which i loved it's like he like he didn't uh, he didn't understand what the real problem was, and right. he didn't care to understand. He was just like, "Hey, I'm just here because
0: Do," <laughs> which well, pl- it plays
1: to the the pulp uh, villains even of itself in that yeah. old the old comics uh, where the villains are just, I mean, like the Joker. He was an idiot. He was out to mm-hmm. do crime, and then yeah. later they made him darker. Which you know for certain things work well and it
0: it it, it accented that he was in over his head mm -hmm. he was going after ultimate power had no clue what it what that actually even meant like (coughs) up until all three skulls were put together and he accidentally lasered his henchmen he didn't even know what would happen when he put the three skulls together he just knew it was incalculable power i don't know what's gonna happen let's put it together and see you know like at no point did he understand what he was doing and it was that hubris that that made him kind of laughable but at the same time dangerous yeah. because if he doesn't know what he's doing and you give him incalculable power is like oh dang you know it's it's like giving a an idiot the detonation key to a nuclear <laughs> bomb it's like oh what does this button do or an uninteresting
2: you know? actor the role to the lead role in a superhero movie can we talk about billy zane and the fact that he's got all the charisma
0: of an eggplant? He spends his days pretending to be a ghost in a cave with a servant. His best friend is a horse. And he a has zero personality.
2: I'm not saying movie. he
0: had personality. I'm just saying it's not that hard to believe. <laughs> he occasionally converses with the Commissioner Gordon character dude, who dude, pretends to not think he's real. Dude, dude. If you're going to be a superhero in a movie, if you're
2: going to put a superhero in a movie, they have to have some charisma. I'm not paying to see something accurate on the screen, (laughs) because if I saw something accurate on the screen, Homeboy would have had his head blown off six ways from Sunday. (laughs) So let's throw realism out the
0: window here. Okay, okay. This guy. Fair point. Fair point. He did not he did do not well. act the part he did not act the part as well as he could have
2: and and whereas he was but. not my favorite batman do you know who would have done this part amazingly amazingly who michael keaton think about it
1: thinking like mr mom
2: no 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 no
0: <laughs> think think like michael keaton from batman
2: 90
1: right.
0: 89. I I could see that. No, I because because one yeah. of the things I liked about Michael Keaton was his Bruce Wayne was very Bruce Wayne and his Batman was very Batman. Mm-hmm. Yes, I, I, I agree with you there. Because he, he could be a Kit Walker that's hi Diana, how you doing? And then he puts the mask on and it's like, I have to get the skull. I'm I curious. agree. Yes, I think he would make a good phantom.
1: I'm curious though, in the comics thing, and this is we're we're kind of handicapped because we haven't read the comics. If if it was such a dynamic. If it was a duality of the phantom in him, are they really that separate in the early comics that this is clearly based on, or was it a flat? Because if you read the first runs of Batman, he was a flat character for the most part. There wasn't a lot of dynamic. He, there was a couple yeah. of jokes that were made, but it wasn't a duality.
0: Well, and I don't know how much in the comics that a secret identity was really part of it. Like he spent most of his days as the phantom in the jungle yeah well that's what i'm talking about like in Mm -hmm. this movie he had a reason to be someone other than the phantom he needed an identity where he could go to new york and walk the streets and you know have that 1930s uh man about the city look Mm -hmm. whereas in the comic i mean he was in the jungle most of the time so there probably wasn't a need for a dual identity
1: i just spent most of the time wondering at what point he got a ticket for the the titanic (laughs) Why he why he didn't handle that situation appropriately?
2: Uh, Also, with with Billy Zane, when he would have you talk about him having that Phantom mask on the entire time, Mm -hmm. Uh, when he had the Phantom mask on the entire time, dude looked like Jeff Goldblum in a mask.
1: I'm not seeing that. I'm looking at him now. I'm not seeing that. Well, wait a minute. Look at old pictures of Jeff Goldblum. Yep, not current ones. Yep, it's the lips
2: yeah and now if i want you to think about it jeff goldblum as the phantom would have been amazing no yes no
1: <laughs> no he's like wait a minute wait a minute, wait, a minute, wait it was a skull it was jade jade skull yes jade
2: jade and i have a skull on my ring i have the first skull
1: <laughs> no
2: no 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 i now now i just want i just want you to know that i only take this mask off uh to the woman i intend to marry and because i'm taking it off that obviously means that now if you listen to it just hear me out uh, that uh you please stop are please the one that stop. i want to marry <laughs> brent's is like i'm stop. done <laughs> And speaking of that marriage scene, oh my gosh! Okay, this is like, like I, I we've been having fun, but there's like big issue I have with a line in this movie. Okay, after she says, after she says, and what if she what if she refuses when he's like, I will only reveal my secrets to the woman that I intend intend to marry. Right, right, right. Is it just me or does the phrase? No one refuses the Phantom. Does that sound a little bit rapey to you guys?
1: <laughs> Are you gonna cancel? Uh, Baby, it's cold outside too. Uh, no, Dude. that was a that's a that was a that was a statement though from the comics. Uh, those were that's, those were no. That's that,
2: it. It never appeared another time in the movie. Except but it was that's... a running.
0: It was a running thing in the movie. Like you know, no one argues with the Phantom and wins you know, no one's to kills the phantom, like like it was a running yeah, thing they kept talking about. It didn't connect. It didn't connect up to
2: that running it, gag. It, it connected for me. It connected it, for me. Like, like so seriously, did not for me, he's like, seriously, nobody he refuses that, the
0: phantom. And
2: I'm like, does this reg smell like ether to you?
0: <laughs> because the whole idea is that the phantom is supposed to be immortal. Like like that's the, the story they sell is you kill him. He comes back. He can't be killed. And so the idea of the phantom is bigger than just a mortal guy. That's why he keeps saying, no one refuses the phantom. No one gets into an argument with the phantom and wins. The phantom has many faces. The phantom has many secrets. It's this bigger than this is it's this bigger than the thing. And it it was almost like Kit Walker was desperately trying to live up to that legend just a little bit as like, well, I'm the Phantom and no one refuses the Phantom. It, to me it came across as a please. Please,
2: I, I, I said, see I it, it came pearls. It, 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 it came, came across me across as I, it came across real dude bro to me, dude.
1: I, I think <laughs> that if if they had not established they have a playful relationship already, as uh, the way that they communicate with each other, and the fact that he is very respectful and very honoring of women, then yeah. you absolutely would be like, I like, yeah, that was that was over the top. Dude, that was that was a bit much. At the same time, we're looking at this in, uh, in twenty twenty three eyes. I almost said twenty twenty one eyes. Uh, in twenty twenty three eyes, <laughs> Dude, COVID whereas, has
2: broken the timeline. I'm, I'm sorry, but it's, it's gone. Has,
1: it but has. the, but we have to remember this was a story, the the elements were originally written for, um, back in the '30s, where it was a very different time frame, uh, where conversation right right or wrong things were were spoken differently and were perceived differently and it wasn't taken in such a way uh, as we see it now nowadays it would be very different conversation it would be like uh, with your consent, I would uh, would like to, <laughs> if you're okay with this, uh, it would sound like more Jeff Goldblum, honestly. Like you know, if you're okay with it, possibly if there's it, a possibility it, for possibility,
2: marriage, and uh, perhaps if, I might you... show you some of my secrets. If now, hear me out, Jeff, <laughs> just listen. Uh, uh, I'm I'm getting an idea. I'm getting an idea. Uh, what what if? What if
1: the two, two of sense. us,
2: with your consent were to um head to the the uh city hall and possibly uh say some nuptials and uh... i
0: i just want to say that whatever appreciation i had for jurassic park is gone now. <laughs> no. because all i can see is is the, the malcolm character from that movie in a phantom suit talking and now i'm like no stop <laughs> branson Branson, my
2: dude, is that the only place you know Jeff Goldblum from? No, it's not. But it's the first time I saw Jeff Goldblum, so that's my go-to Jeff Goldblum movie. Bro, go watch the 1987 The Fly movie. starring. I've seen it. I've seen it. He he is more Malcolm in that movie than he is in <laughs> Jurassic Park. Like Jurassic uh, Park is Jurassic Park is him toned down. Yeah, I, I, I can see that. But so. One okay. One thing I kept asking myself when this movie was playing, though, was like, this movie had a forty-five million dollar budget in nineteen ninety-six money, right? And I'm like, I'm like, why does this movie look so cheap? Yes. Raiders of the Lost Ark was made in nineteen eighty. What one, eighty-two? Yeah, something like that. And
0: that looked so much better. I think and I think part of the reason was they really leaned into the, like you could tell the skulls were computer animated. Well, that, that was just what I was going to say. I think what happened was
2: that they took that money. I'm starting to sound like Jeff Bogold. You see what happened was they took that money. And if you follow that over. Uh, no, but what they did with it was they took that money and they were trying to in, put it into cutting edge uh, special effects technology for the time. Yeah, like there was a lot of green screen in this movie, yeah, like a lot, and it j- just the tech was not there for 1996. Right. Like mm-hmm. I'm watching this now, I it, and something that's always bu- bugged me about early green screen effect is that there's always an illumination around the area that's being green screened. Yep, like yeah. you, you can see the outline of the of the process, and it's just like. Oh, it pulls me out of it so bad i'm like if you guys mm-hmm. would have stuck with practical effects for this movie and went the indiana yeah. jones route Whoa. Uh,
0: this
2: would have been it would have so much it. better to look at absolutely because they took something that had the, like th- that's what frustrates me ab- the most about this movie is i could see how it could have been such a better movie just looking mm-hmm. at it with yeah. just some simple tweaks if they would have shot it like a night like an Indiana Jones movie and use practical effects instead of trying mm. to invest in technology. That's just not there yet. Right. right. It's, it's, it's sort of like when you see the, I'm quoting here, see the rock at the end of the second money mummy movie. Uh-huh.
1: Like that, are that stuck in the gold bloom like, like you still are talking like him. I can't
2: help it. <laughs> this is how I get, this is how
0: I get when I get excited and I'm chasing
2: my own
1: rabbits
0: here. Uh, but no, I, I agree with you. If, if they go gone with practical effects, shot more shots at night, Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, tried to put the phantom in environments where he actually looked, I don't want to say menacing, but more dangerous than a guy in purple spandex (laughs) removed some of the characters. Oh yeah. And by the way, the, the random gangster who takes over the family business just in time to get shot by a cannon, Like, what was his purpose other than to say, hey, look, we have a gangster? To get shot by a cannon. See, uh, like literal,
2: like literal cannon fodder. That was his purpose. They could have
0: they could Uh, have just not introduced his character at all (laughs) and shot Catherine Zeta Jones and achieved the same purpose. I I feel like that's more
2: of a a Freudian concept at this point with you. Like, Okay.
0: okay. well, then fine. Like, like chari- Shoot
2: Catherine Zeta-Jones because that's what okay, I think so is her take, character.
0: So take Catherine Zeta-Jones character out completely and shoot him. It, 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 it there's too much dead weight. There are too many characters in this movie that that just serve no purpose.
1: I think that's also I, a product yeah, of. I of enjoyed what, of watching the source him get shot by cannon. I, I feel like I really feel like it's a, a product of the source material, though. Of if you look at the comics, I mean, it was you know. Most of those comics today, it was the the villain of the week, the creature of the week. And you had all these characters constantly thrown into a story There were one off characters that would just die. And you would move well, no, that's on. True. That's and I'm true. I'm wondering if that's and, just and that, like. That
0: may, be, that may be what makes it feel like a, an adventure comic strip is that you have these characters that are just appear and disappear.
1: Right.
2: That's fair. On, I mean, honestly, I could fix this movie. I could fix this movie and turn it into a top shelf movie by making three adjustments to it oh really okay i would have recasted the phantom entirely Mm -hmm. um and maybe recast diana i my jury's still out on christy swanson in this movie as far as whether or not she i could find her to be tolerable um i would have gone with practical effects over over the green screen Mm mm-hmm and i felt that the script was still underdeveloped and pro and problematic um i think i think it needed one more go through because there was some corny stuff where it's just like this doesn't need to be here i mean like i i, I can see how it was just it's like when you're watching does any, do either of you watch football on yes. occasion yes it's sort of like when you're watching the running back and it gets like within inches of the goal line and he gets tackled right before the goal line. And it's just so frustrating because it's almost there and you can see how it could have gotten there if it just would have done this. Yeah, And I I think that's what frustrates me about this movie so much is it, 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 it could have been so much better and I can see all the reasons why. Yeah. Well that makes sense Because I love adventure movies Like Indiana Jones is like Minus one uh, Is like one of my favorite movie (laughs) Franchises of all time Well minus two soon No 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 I'm holding holding
0: reservations On that I (sighs) Yeah I'm not holding out hope (laughs) I was excited for Kingdom of the Crystal Skull And got let down So
1: I'm not holding out. You know,
2: but here's the thing. It's the odd number of movies that are, that are good in that series. That's true. And like
1: Harrison Ford's like actively denied that film ever existed.
2: Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Well,
1: I mean, let's face
2: it outside of the beginning of the movie. Temple of Doom was kind of tosh as well. So Like his time in Bangkok in the beginning Of that movie was fantastic but once Once they got on the plane it was just like all right (laughs) It it was it was it was uh, It was uh, Ewok city after that Basically you could it you could feel (laughs) You could feel George Lucas's Fingers all over it
0: (laughs) Oh
1: my
2: goodness
1: well, I feel like we've uh, talked this to death.
2: Yeah, well, we we've talked to a point where we'd rather talk about other movies at this point. So, <laughs> yeah. Um. Okay. Let's let's go ahead and uh, rate this. Uh, we have a we have a new way of talking about the ratings on this uh, on this show. I'm pretty now.
1: excited about the new way of talking about it,
2: it. It, it. I think it provides a little bit of clarity. It was a. It was kind of a brain some brain droppings i i analyzed today and sent it to the other guys and we all voted and it was a hundred percent agreement that this was a clearer way to define the shelves uh so uh if you guys don't mind uh do you care if i describe this then Rock it up, go for it. All right. So here at the bottom shelf, we have a four rating rating system on how we analyze these movies. Uh, We have the top shelf, which is a movie that we would feel after watching it, we feel a compulsion that we need to own a copy of this movie. Uh, Middle shelf uh, is one of those types of movies like, eh, maybe if it's streaming, I'll throw it on. Um, You know, I'm not going to run out to buy it. Uh, Bottom shelf is, I probably won't watch this again. Uh, and then the dumpster fire is I will actively try to keep people from watching this Tosh. Uh, so, you know, and it's, it's very to the point. I think it's very descriptive of where the lines are at. So this is the way we're going to kind of define the shelves going forward. This is the way this is the new way. Um, all right. So Dallas, sir. Oh, captain, my captain
1: how are you rating this movie okay so i'm ha- I'm having to think through this um on the front end i'm going the middle shelf but i'm also trying to balance out my my hyper focus add brain and going i want to do everything the phantom right now yes yes phantom lots of phantom <laughs> stuff there's there's series out there there's there's comics there's uh the, wait wait I, there's movies there's sci-fi I feel like movies. this is
2: what would happen if Smeagol was played by jeff goldbroom
1: <laughs> <laughs> it is my precious perhaps maybe, uh, perhaps, maybe we maybe, need maybe, it maybe not. <laughs> it burns us but it freezes <laughs> um so um my thought process by the way john you need to check our our facebook team chat uh, real quick um <laughs> um i really am struggling with this um I, I, gosh this is so i can't believe i'm saying this about this film because up to this moment i was like yeah it's going to be a middle shelf um 100 but i'm going to top shelf it i'm going to go buy this on dvd right now i want to go buy this dvd yes this is the new rating system john you put this out there (sighs) i want to go buy this dvd I was fair, so
2: concerned about I was so is... concerned about whether or not I could create a new rating system
1: that I didn't <laughs> stop to wonder if I should please stop welcome to the good that's going to be like Jeff, a
2: new right? thing on the bottom shelf now is Jeff Goldblum Jeff playing various roles <laughs> oh, I am so here for this uh, oh
1: my oh, gosh, my gosh. But yeah, that's that's kind of where I'm at that, with it. That's uh, our
2: that's our new WWJD on here. Is what would Jeff you know. do? <laughs> stop! 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 stop.
1: <laughs> I'm gonna
0: die. So I'm
1: gonna yeah, die. I'm I'm putting it on the top shelf. I, the new rating system. That's it's where it has to go. Uh, oh, I
2: hate that so much. To okay. be fair,
1: cards on the table. This was my guilty pleasure pick. Yeah, and so uh, yeah, top shelf.
2: You, you walked in with that with the nostalgia glasses on I got it it's fine
0: <sighs> All right Branson come on let's get this over with yeah just peel it off <laughs> like a dirty band-aid uh, I, I I will not sit here and say it's a good movie uh, or, or a perfect <laughs> movie by any means I'm not gonna sit here and say that it's top quality stuff but it is enjoyable. I enjoy watching it. I enjoy watching it every time I watch it. Even the things that I don't like about it, I enjoy not liking those things about it. It, it, It's weird. Um, Much like Dallas, after watching it, I was like, oh man, where are the comics? Where's that other movie? There was a, Dallas, do you remember Defenders of the Earth? yeah the phantom was a character on that team yeah he was like, i wanted to pull that back up you know i summoned the strength of ten tigers i mean I, I i i'm right there with you uh amazon.com you can purchase the blu-ray for 9.99 all right and once i you know clear it financially with my wife slash accountant uh i have every intention of purchasing this film because i think it's a, uh, an injustice that the only time I watch it Is when it's streaming somewhere Given that I enjoy it this much So, just do flaws it included, Break my heart Flaws included, I'm gonna put this movie on the top shelf Ugh. <laughs> You did this <laughs> I know It's fine I
2: made my bed, I got to sleep in it <clears throat> All right. With that being said, my vote ultimately doesn't matter. However, <laughs> I, my voice will be heard. Um,
0: <laughs> I spent my with entire, the microphone.
2: <laughs> I, I spent my entire time watching this movie, seeing the w- trying to watch the movie that could have been rather than the movie that it was. Um, the entire time, I kept thinking to myself that this reminds me of a bunch of other movies that I liked better. Um. And that bugs me when I, when I watch a movie and I can, I could see that. It, it, it's like, I, I don't, this isn't what I want. And, and maybe I'm not the target audience for it. Uh, maybe I'm one of those weirdos that Branson was talking about who likes everything <laughs> in shades of gray. <laughs> uh, it, it takes all it, kinds, man. It, it, it. Morally speaking, uh, chromatically speaking, uh, script speaking, it was just too monochrome for me. Mm-hmm. I, it, there wasn't enough nuance and there was just... I feel like I would have enjoyed this if, if I would have seen it at a younger age like you guys did. But being, But being yeah. as I didn't see it until I was in my 40s and I'm watching it and I'm just like the entire time I'm watching it, I am fighting urges to turn it off and watch something else. I, I, I wasn't, I, uh, it wasn't because I hated it. It is just like, it wasn't good. Uh, and so that's the reason why I'm going to put it on the bottom shelf. Like I, 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 res- I, I, I can respect why people and would enjoy it, especially like you two who saw it at, at a more appropriate age to watch this movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it it I'm not the one for this, <laughs> so i I would <laughs> put it okay. on a I would put it on a high bottom shelf.
0: That's fair. That's fair.
2: So there we what? have it, everybody. We have it as the uh, Phantom has been labeled by the Bottom Shelf Podcast as a disputed top shelf, <laughs> <laughs> and right. saying that I can taste bile. <laughs> 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 All right, let's head over to the weak connections.
1: This is a weak connection. Right.
0: This is a weak connection.
1: Wah, wah, wah. <laughs> All right, good. so welcome to Weak Connection. This is a portion where we have shamelessly robbed our friend Binbin ben of of um, strangers and aliens. And uh, which is a fantastic podcast you guys should check out, uh, where they probably won't rate this as a top shelf film. Um, but <laughs> that being said, um, but it's where we look at these films that we love or hate and we try to find some redemptive value and we try to, to find something encouraging to point people back to hope, to peace, to victory in Jesus. And today, ladies and gentlemen, I'm I am i am pulling this out. Um, the the concept of the the phantom is a story of legacy it is father to son passing on a legacy passing on purpose pa- passing off um a an identity and, and speaking into who they are but passing on a mission uh, of value the the conversation of these guys while they eventually they must all return uh to the trade of being the phantom these guys live in various places doing different things now sometimes it's not great uh fun fact uh the lineage of the phantom almost died off and we have shakespeare to 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 blame um one of the early renditions of of the phantom the uh kit was off in europe living with mom and was working under shakespeare and was playing the girl in the play he was playing Juliet, and uh and um the phantom was like all right it's time for you to come back to the jungle, son, because you have work to do. <laughs> so that's an interesting aspect. But um, regardless, not necessarily talking about passing on a uh, a job to people, although that's a thing that can happen sometimes. But Proverbs 13, a good person leaves an inheritance for their children, but the sinner's wealth is stored up for the uh, righteous. Uh, and in this, it's talking about how a good person, you leave something behind for your kid. You leave something behind for the next generation. Whereas a sinner, the person, a foolish person, they, everything's about themselves. They store up everything that's for themselves. And my challenge, my encouragement is we need to examine what we're doing, who we are as individuals and ask ourselves, what am I leaving behind for the next generation? Um, As of right now, John and I are not, are not fathers in the, in the physical sense. Branson has, has sired two young strapping young men. And, um, but regardless if you are a, a father in the natural sense or in the spiritual sense and, and make no mistake, every man is a spiritual father in some fashion. Um, just a matter of how involved you are with some people in your lives, we're leaving behind something for next generation. And we need to ask ourselves: what are we leaving behind? Are we leaving behind debt? Are we leaving behind, um, depression and fear, anxiety? Are we leaving that behind uh, and these are debt this is like the, the some of the things that people are facing today it is a debt of fatherness fatherlessness it is mm-hmm. a debt of of somebody not taking the time to speak into somebody's life and to encourage them um a lot of your identity issues a lot of your your fears your doubts your and all these things these are debts left behind by a previous generation not completely there are things that we own for ourselves obviously but there is stuff that's passed down whereas if we are willing to step in and leave an inheritance leave something behind for the next generation speak life into younger people speak life into them and and point out hey this is you know this is what you're operating in and this is who you are this is what god's called you to be and and call them out of out of darkness into light and again we're not talking about uh because this whole conversation can lead in heavily to it. being a man's man all sorts of stuff i don't hunt <laughs> i don't shoot um but i that's not what we're talking about you know, you can be a dude and and be into arts and crafts and and be into role playing games and stuff like that. I Apologize for burping. Why are you
2: calling me out, Dallas? <laughs> uh, because
1: I'm calling myself out too, brother. Uh, you know, we're all geeks here. We're all geeks and nerds here. You don't have to. That's not what we're talking about. But it means be a man's man. We're talking about speaking to people's identity in Christ, in who they are in Jesus, and we need to be leaving that inheritance behind, leaving the insurance of hey, this is who you are. This is what God called you to be. And now how that plays out in their lives, how they live that, that's a whole conversation. But that's kind of where I'm at with this, our our weak connection for today.
0: Sweet. Branson, do you cool. have a weak connection? I do has a weak connection. All right. Jeremiah chapter nine, verse 23 through 24. Thus says the Lord, let not the wise man boast in his wisdom, Let not the mighty man boast in his might. Let not the rich man boast in his riches, but let him who boasts boast in this, that he understands and knows me, that I am the Lord who practices steadfast love, justice and righteousness in the earth. For in these things I delight, declares the Lord. I want to talk about Xander Drax. And I mentioned before in the show, one of the things that made Xander Drax both laughable and dangerous is that he never really understood how deep he was in everything the dude wanted to rule the world. He found a, um, he found an, an in- source of incalculable, incalculable power. Mm-hmm. And he was going to use that to take over the world. And even when he had it, he didn't understand what he had. Yeah. Uh, it's just... Dallas stop sending me Jeff Goldblum memes, please. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Back on track, back on track. Um, he didn't understand. He really thought that, in a way, godhood was something he could hold on to. Mm. He thought, you know, if I put these skulls together, I can do this and I can do that. The The guy was full of himself. Yeah. He honestly thought he was untouchable, and that is what led to his downfall. He was told, you know, there's a fourth skull. Without the fourth skull, you can't control the other three, and he thought, ah, who needs that? In fact, he even says in the movie, who needs a fourth skull? I've got these three. And I can laser people. I mean, I'm awesome, right? And I think a lot of times the temptation, and it's a temptation that reaches back all the way to the Garden of Eden. Mm. When Satan is tempting Eve and says, if you bite of this fruit, you will be like God, knowing good and evil. What he's basically saying is, who needs God when you can have the knowledge of God yourself? And mankind is, is we're terrible about constantly thinking We know better than God. We know better than the, the, the Lord that created us. We, we somehow know better. We can do it better. And as Xander Drax learned, you can get in over your head very, very easily. And so as followers of Christ, we've really got to keep ourselves in check. We've got to make sure that we're not ever at a point to where we're like, oh, I can do better, you know? Or, or even dangerous. Well, God help me to this spot, but I've got this from now. Mm. You know, uh, we have to be able to humble ourselves, um, so that we don't follow the example of Xander Drax and think, "Oh, I've got this. I'm tough. I, you know, I can, I can handle this." And then it leads to our destruction. Yeah. You know. Uh, so I think that's a, a cautionary tale. Is that we're not as awesome as we think we are. Right. And we need the Lord to give us wisdom to guide us and to sometimes kind of put a check on us and sit us on our butts and remind us that we're not as awesome as we think we are.
1: Mm -hmm.
2: Cool. I like that. I don't have any kind of spiritual counsel on this movie, so I can't, I'm going to take a pass on this, but I'm going to prove to you how easy it would be to make this movie. As a remake and do it better, okay. Because I had this thought while you guys were talking. Start the start the beginning of the movie after the whole corny rope bridge scene, right? Okay. Take the uh, short round wannabe kid out of the truck, right? And it's just a couple guys that are in the truck as they're raiding this uh, raiding this tomb, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, pan in on the what the big bad number one guy who was the guy who killed the original phantom uh-huh. Jason Statham now that. Yeah. Okay. Uh, bring that. in drum, start beating, right. Phantom yep. comes in uh, and it's uh, the person playing the phantom in this Vin diesel. Oh, focus. Focus on fist fighting rather than gunplay. Okay. Turn 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 Vin uh, Diesel more into. You, hang, on, you thinking, hang
1: on. Thinking like. Uh, I'm
2: Riddick? thinking like, uh, pitch black, pitch dark. Yeah, Riddick. Yeah. Riddick. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. I'm I'm thinking like Riddick Vin Diesel. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. Okay, I'm with you. Uh, beats the tar out of them. Right? You go through the whole entire story. Who's playing Xander Drax? Uh, I don't know. Maybe Andy Garcia. Going full Mafia Lord who owns half the city. Right? Okay. Huh? Yeah. Uh, the only one I'm not. Oh, no, no. no I got it. Uh, the person to play Diana.
0: Gail Godot. Ah, she fits up motif. Yes, she would work good there. Didn't she do that
1: kind of motif in um, (laughs) one of the Hercule Poirot movies, modern ones, Murder on the Nile or something like that? Mm -hmm. Well, her the way
0: she portrayed Diana Prince, if you in in the uh, first Wonder Woman movie, if you just make her more aware of the world around her, but keep that same attitude of. I don't need protecting. I can take care of myself and get out of my way. You right. know. I think that would work cuz that's that's what they tried to do with with Diana Palmer in this movie was to make her this No, hang know, on. I wasn't wasn't done. I I gave you the
2: casting now. Oh, okay. Okay. Uh have it be have it have the uh have it being shot by the same people who made Kong Skull Island, right? Okay. Okay. And instead of the moving score soundtrack, go with a kind of a classic 1960s, 1970s rock soundtrack like Skull Island. Like, can you imagine? Can you imagine that opening scene where that fight is in the jungle um, and maybe a car chase in the jungle to the tune of Run Through the Jungle by Credence Clearwater Revival? (laughs) (laughs) Okay. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Yeah. Tell me this isn't starting to sound a little bit amazing. I think it
0: could work. I think it could work.
2: (laughs) Disney, call me. Warner, (laughs) No, wait. This is a DC property. Warner Brothers, call me. Actually,
0: it's not a DC property. It's what?
1: It's not DC property. It isn't? You said it was? No, I said that they had the rights to it for a while.
0: Oh. Who's got the rights now?
1: Um, I think it's up in the air. I think Dynamite had it for a little bit.
0: No, wait, wait, wait. You said Phantom came out in 36? Mm Mm-hmm. It might be public domain now.
1: Or close to it. Branson's next uh, audio drama. (laughs) (laughs) Gonna run
0: through the jungle. (laughs) I'll have to look into that.
1: Uh, Dynamite Entertainment took over comic book rights to the Phantom and launches their series, uh, The Last Phantom, in 2010. Um, But that was just the comic book rights. So they
0: have the comic book rights, but nothing else.
1: Well, it just it just just says they have the comic book rights. Oh. Well, I mean, uh, but
0: do they have all comic book rights, or do they have the rights to the comic book they made? I don't know. See that—that's the distinction, because that one means now. Phantom the comic- Lady
1: is in public domain. Oh yeah, <laughs> that was, that, that, like, was like, uh. that was his daughter. That was one of the daughters of. Oh, okay. I'm thinking of
0: someone different. I'm thinking no, no. of like a one of those golden age superheroes yeah. that they pull out of the drawer every once in a while to do a story on.
1: Br- Branson trailed off there. Uh- <laughs> we need to finish this podcast, ladies and gentlemen. Hey, thank you for listening today, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for taking time to to listen to this podcast. Enjoy it if you if you like the bottom shelf. Leave a review uh, on Apple Podcasts and anywhere else. Podcasts are reviewed uh john where can people find you uh we
2: weren't doing that anymore dallas because we're all just going to put links in the description below
1: oh that sounds good to me (laughs) (laughs) all right well ladies and gentlemen uh again thanks for listening to the podcast Hope you guys enjoyed it hope you've we want to hear from you do you like the phantom yes or no let us know in the Comment section of our YouTube video or our, send us hate mail, whatever you want to do. Uh just send it all to John Doesn't Care at <laughs> gmail.com. And, I really uh, don't. <laughs> <laughs> but we do want to hear from you. Le- send us messages, contact us on on Instagram or on Facebook. Just look for the bottom shelf podcast. We pop up relatively easily. Also, recently we are available on YouTube uh music if you want to check out our podcast there. Uh, I believe that's it. So until next time, ladies and gentlemen, stay devoted. Love and peace. Peace and love.